when you play songs and have a guest that I have tonight on Next Legacy Radio, it's it's definitely one of those type of shows where you feel not just an overflow of nostalgia, you just kind of feel like, you know what, all is right with the not just the dance community and hip-hop and music and just the culture that, that, that took on such a, a movement like it did uh, during this uh, during this era. And I want to welcome everybody to this edition of Next Legacy Radio. I am Brandon. And, um, I mean, after listening to a song, and like I said, the, the guest that I have is just, I mean, it's just an overflow of, of good feelings, good nostalgia, just memories that I will, will have for the rest of my life. And a lot of it has to do with this guest that I have on and the movement that he has so eloquently put out there throughout his career. Not only is he a producer, writer, director, actor, award-winning choreographer, hip-hop Hall of Fame inductee, uh, you know, he, he brought, like, cultural iconic movies like the, you know, the first break-in and break-in to Electric Boogaloo. And, I mean, he's a cultural icon, and I want to, I want to welcome Shabadoo on to the show this 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 uh, this evening, man. It is so good to hear from you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I can't I can't complain. Life is great, and uh, it's uh, wonderful to be here. And thanks for having me on. Man, I I appreciate you, t- man. I mean, it, it's it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to have dialogue with you, just to be able to talk shop for a little while and. I mean, it's it's when you listen to the song we just played, and you know, I'm pretty sure you get hit with so many different uh, different types of feelings when somebody bring up, uh, you know, either a name or a song or you know, or the movies or, or different things. I mean, how does it feel when you rewind and look back, and it's just it's just a crazy nostalgia feeling to have it all kind of come full circle, right? Yeah, it is. It is. When when I hear the song, I, I just I have moments flash in my head, uh, not only mo- moments where we were making a movie and all of that, but all the things that were occurring in my life at the time and just the general feeling that was uh, in the air. I mean, hip-hop was in its infancy, and uh, so it was a very exciting time. So lots of emotions there. Amen to that. And, and, and for for... Me personally, and, and I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of listeners out there, and there's so many people not just in the States but overseas who have captured what it, it meant to be able to have this type of, uh, you know, air come down and you being such an instrumental part of it. Um, you know, when you when you look back, though, and you, you kind of take a, a good reflection on just the culture in, in, in general, like when you look back, and to me I always felt like, not just the, the the breaking movies, but the but the movements, the, the the dances. It brought a lot of people together. Not just young little kids, but it brought like a lot of the older people. It was it was from literally from birth to ninety five as far as just bringing everybody together during that stage, right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it uh, it had a feeling that was much different than what. I think is out there today. Um, today, unfortunately, for the most part, and I think there's a, a few holdouts that are really great and really hold on to the spirit of what the movement was and still should be, um, which is, because a, a person, a fan of mine asked me a question, they said, you know, what's the difference between what you guys were doing back in the day 
versus what kids are doing today. And I said, well, it, it, it kind of boils down to this. Back in the day, we danced, we performed because we really had something to say mm-hmm. and we had something to prove. I mean, you can say, well, it's sort of like recognition would be the word. And right. today's, today's kids, I, I think it's a bit of a fall from grace that has happened where now it's about, hey, you know, how many hits I got or right. how many likes I got on social media that aren't really real hits or real likes. They're, they are virtual. They can go away as quickly as they come, sometimes qu- quicker than they came. So right. more, it's more about look at, look at the things I bought or look at the things I, I, I'm able to do at a club. or And also the fame is built on, you know, hey, look at who I dance behind. I dance with mm-hmm. Usher or I dance with Beyonce or... Okay, well, they're the stars, but what are you? You, 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 you right. have now lowered yourself to almost a slave class. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's a difference. You know, the dancers in those days, we were the stars. We were stars because, right. we, because of what we did. We weren't stars because we danced behind people. And if we did, mm-hmm. if I did, if I danced with a person or a fellow star, say I look at the, the Jennifer Lopez's and, or whomever in the world, I don't look at them as stars or they're somehow above me. I see them as co-workers. Right. That's not how dancers see them now. They they elevate mm-hmm. them to almost this godlike status. And they're, again, the lower class, which is a shame, you know, that they have lowered themselves to that level in terms of what it, who and what they are as artists. So I, I would say it's much different, much different climate. Do do you feel if if you fast forward today and you you compare I, I think any time that you have a culture that you know you and I came up because we're roughly the same age um, you know you were in of course the obvious spotlight but I've always looked at you and you know your your dancers and you know your castmates and everybody as people that I grew up with so a lot of what I have done molded and shaped of course you know my parents and family they all gave me the bare basics, but when it came to, like, creativity, like, I've always looked at Shabadoo as one where I can say, hey, you know what, he came in and he was creative and he did it his way. So that inspired me to do a few different things that I was like, hey, you know what, I can I can be just as creative. So looking back now, um, are we are we lacking that creative gene or is it just something that's just, you know, dormant until we get a group of others that can be able to show other people the way? Well, you know, you know, to put it simply, I don't think that today's generation lacks the creative gene. I think they're creative. But what I do think that they lack, in my opinion, is identity. Uh, they have mm-hmm. given them their, their individual identity up to look like everyone else. I mean, if you look at all these events, crying out loud, I mean, I can't tell the difference between any of those people. They all look the same to me. They all dance the same. They all wear the same clothes. There's nothing. There's right. nothing unique about them. And then, and then they come in. They, they they make a big noise for a few years, and then they go away. And so the, you you would think that a person would think stop and say to themselves, well, how is it that we can dance or gain some level of popularity and last three on the outside five years? 
Mm-hmm. But someone like Shabadu is still here after 45 years. What, do, what is he doing different than we are? Well, mm-hmm. you know, there used to be a saying that I, I, was, I was kind of like saddled with the responsibility being the youngest member of the lockers, uh, ex-Soul Train gang member, and then, you know, the founding member of the lockers. And in our show, I used to introduce him. I was the youngest member of the group. And uh, I used to say this. Hey, we're the Lockers, an improvisational style dance troupe based on the improvisational style of the individual. So being individual was important. And so there's this sort of crossbreeding of steps and, and identity. People are stealing other people's dance and identities. So you don't know right. who owns what, who, who made what, where did it all start from? In our day, there was a kind of you know, understood respect that happened in the streets. If a person, mm-hmm. like, for instance, I, I popularized a dance called the Witcher Ways. I did them in Electric Boogaloo. I did it on the on the edge of the building. This particular right. dance where my legs are, you know, turning around like toys or whatever. Um, this particular dance was created by a fellow member, a founding member of the Lockers, Tukey Luke, who married my sister. So at the time, he was my brother-in-law. But before I even did that step, you know what I did? I went to Fluky and I said, hey, even though I was really good at it, I, I asked him, can I, you know, do that? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. You know, I had to get his blessing. Now it doesn't matter. You put it on YouTube and before you know it, all over the world they're doing this step and you don't know where it originated or who, where did it come from or what was the purpose of it or any of that. And then they take ownership right. of it like it's theirs, you know, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the protections built in like the music business does. We don't have, you know, any publishing rights. We don't have any copywriting rights. I tell you right now, if we had the same rights as those, as artists, you know, recording artists and television mm-hmm. writers and so forth, you know, there'd be a handful of us that would be multi-multi-millionaires. Just on a royalty alone. Just on a, yep. every workshop that you do, every workshop that you do that you're doing Called the, that you're locking and teaching a locking workshop, you would have to pay royalty to the lockers. Yep. But they're not doing that. So they're basically plagiarizing our work, our hard mm. work, and capitalizing on it for their own gain. And here's the, here's the part that really is a really the most disheartening of all. It's not the loss of revenue. It is the fact that they're not even doing it well. Right, right. You know, exactly. you, 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 on some level, you would you would feel good. You say, well, you know, at least they're doing it, really, you know, doing it. They're not even really right. doing it, and they have fooled a bunch of people into believing that fool's gold is more precious than real gold itself. That's mm. social media. That's the kind of madness we're living in. So, Fluky Luke, the Lockers, Don Campbell doesn't receive any royalties for a dance he created in the 70s, for the lockers who popularized the dance so that you could do it, and virtually everybody all over YouTube is replaying that video over and over and over again, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, not millions mm. of views all over the world, and we get more right. oil. There you go. There's a problem. And Shabadu is our guest on Next Legacy Radio, and that, that not only is it a huge problem, it's kind of like, 
you know, there's like a, a clone of, there's like a bunch of locker clones, like, you know, floating through mm-hmm. generations without giving, the, mm-hmm. without giving the proper due, right? And to me, it's like, right. and, and, but you see a lot of that nowadays. And, and to me, that's always been one shop where I'm like, you know, how, how can we break that mold? Like, how can we start getting creative? Is it more of us coming together to be able to not just police it, but start building that streamline where it can be a beneficial thing to be able to, um, I guess, in a way, just, you know, kind of hold everybody accountable for it and just, you know, generate revenue and create that revenue generation opportunity ourselves. Is it going to take a group of us to do it? Well, you know, I think the operative word here is take responsibility. See, there's Mm -hmm. no responsibility or accountability in the world today. They can pirate the person's work. They can pirate whatever. We have nothing, no legal standing to to protect our work. Uh, But here, here, I want to share two brief conversations I had with someone. It's going to kind of give you an idea where we're at. These two particular individuals, one is a prominent figure in Los Angeles that operates a high-profile event that is held monthly. And many, many dancers that uh, you will see all over, that the who's who of every dancer that you will see on social networks. So I was talking to him, and I said, well, you know, these kids really need to know the truth, okay? And they need to know Mm -hmm. where things started. They need to know who really creating this stuff and who really perpetuated and who are the fakes out there because there's a lot of fakes out there selling Absolutely. You know what I call history history revisionist. And mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know, his reply was, well, I don't want to get political. I, uh, I, I, you know, I had to bite my lip. I said, well, wait a minute. When has it become when a person speaks the truth, that's being political? <laughs> right. When did that happen? I mean, did I miss something? Mm-hmm. I, I said to him, I said, did I miss something? Because if you tell the truth, no, but see, what he was more, more worried about was not telling the truth for fear that if he spoke the truth, that these little, these, these hoodlums or these cultural hijackers would somehow rise up against him and boycott his event and, you know, and he wouldn't make any money. So at, okay. at the end of the day, it was about money for him. It wasn't about truth. It was about protecting his investment. So the truth got lost in his protection, protecting his wallet. So that's one. Right. Another, and within a few days span, another young, prominent dancer who's well-known within a certain underground scene, right? He posts mm-hmm. on Facebook and on Instagram that he put a picture of the lockers. He said, these are the original seven. These are the guys that started at the lockers and had our names there and said, these are the members, blah, blah, blah. And I lied at him. I said, wonderful. I'm glad you spoke out and spoke the truth about that. And, but then he removed it. And I was, I was, I was uh-huh. a bit surprised. He said, why would you remove the post? His reply was this. I, I, re, I removed it because I got too much negativity. I said, uh-huh. I said when, did it cut, when did it start happening that a person gets negativity for speaking the truth? See, and again, right. this guy, and let me tell you, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to blow that up. But the point right. of the matter is, this guy 
and I'm talking about popular individual, and he's no he's no 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 chump, you know. I mean, you can't, you know. He he's a tough kid, you know. He he can mm-hmm. fight. He does martial arts. He does the whole night. But those kids have him scared. Mm-hmm. He's scared of them. He's scared of standing up against them and saying, you know what, I posted it. I don't care if you don't like it. It's the truth, and, I, and I'm going to stand on it. But right. instead, they, he allowed those people to badger him to the point where he removed it. And that gives you an idea of what we're really up against now. People don't mm. want to hear the truth. They want to believe. It's like what Richard Pryor said, you're going to believe me or your, or your lying eyes. One of right. the two. So mm-hmm. the point of the matter is, is, is a misconception, the perception rather, perception has outweighed the truth. And so here we are. I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a locking class and a, as an original founding member of the group, mm-hmm. fighting tooth and nail with a 19-year-old who's telling me this other guy who's a fake told him something different and saying, wow. and saying, well, he's saying, he's saying, well, that's what so-and-so told me. I said, I don't care what so-and-so told you. I was standing in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm an eyewitness. He's hearsay. But they can't tell the difference because this culture has now given way to this sort of like the subculture of lies that support the lies that support the lies that support the lies. As an example, if I train you to lock as a locker and you go out, mm-hmm. if I tell you, hey, you know, I, I know the original lockers, I know I was there on the scene, you don't verify any of this. You take my word at face value. Now you, right. I, you know, you, I, I train you, and uh, even though your technique is subpar, you go out and you start teaching. You start teaching under the uh, under the idea, under the guise that, hey, I know what I'm talking about because so-and-so taught me. Well, so-and-so taught me because he was taught by the originals. But if, once you find out that so-and-so lied to you, then you start mm-hmm. to suffer what is called uh, cognitive dissonance. This cognitive right. dissonance doesn't allow you to accept the truth now because you have, you have built your entire empire on the lie. So what are you going to mm-hmm. do? You're try to kill, you're going to try to kill the, the, the original person so that the lie can live. If the lie lives... It substantiates your class, but if you if you now prove that the person who taught you is the lie, then you right. yourself is the lie, and so the the logic would be the flock would then say, well, why 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 do I need to deal with the lie when I can just go right to Shabadu or go right to Don Campbell or go right to Fluky Luke or or what have you? You know, mm-hmm. we don't I, I don't need you anymore. See, but they don't. So what they have done now is that they have effectively wedged themselves in between the original people and the the young people, the young, naive, gullible people who don't read anything, for crying out loud, they don't read anything. All this information is, is available to anyone, but they don't read Absolutely. it. And, and here's, here's the thing, and I want the viewers, uh, listeners out there to really, you know, clutch a calculators one day. And some of these people who are in their 40s, are telling you they were around in the original lockers and they, they walked the walk with us. And uh, and they're in their, you know, mid to late 40s. I mean, do the math. Uh, what, what are they telling you? That they were going to <laughs> nightclubs with us when they were seven years old? 
<laughs> seven. I mean, you know, this is basic detective work. Yet, Absolutely. So then what happens, these guys, the liars that, that bred the lie, they, you know, birthed the lie, they then go around to all the people all over the world. You don't know how many people have tried to sully my name all over the world on some level by saying, well, you know, Shabadu is, you know, he's ego tripping or he has a mental problem. He has a, a blah, blah, blah. He's this type of wow. person. And, and some of these kids have come to me and said, well, you're not at all like the person they said you were. I said, well, let me ask you this. And most people, this ever happens to you. When someone says something about Shabadu, I want you to ask him, say, hey, you know, have you ever met him? Do you know his mother? you know his mother's name? You know the, you know the name of his brothers and sisters? Where is he from? Mm-hmm. And you're going to find, that you're gonna find, some, find out something astonishing. These people will repeat something that they heard from someone else and have never met me in person. <laughs> it's, the mm. most, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so this is why we have a disconnect from the, from the roots of street dance to these newer kids who are doing a lesser version a weakened version of what we do. And I'll, I'll close it off with this part. And I've had a number of high-profile dancers come to my workshops here in, in Los Angeles at the Performing Arts Center. And I'll, I'll, I do as I, most, as I, as I do. I, I conduct my classes much different than most people do. It's only in my class. Mm-hmm. I say, well, you know, the first thing I want to do is I want to know who you are. Who are you? You know, I don't want to know about the dance. I want to know who you are because who you are is going to, is going to shape you as an artist and how you perceive things. So right. I, I said, okay, I said, so here's what I'm going to do. Rather than just me impose my will upon you and say dance like Shabadoo because I don't need to make another carbon copy of Shabadoo because mm-hmm. that's never going to serve anyone. It doesn't serve me, and it certainly exactly. doesn't serve you. I mean, if you... The best you could ever be is a secondary Shabbatu. You'll never be me. Just like I will never be you. We're different. We're mm-hmm. extremely different. So right. I'll, put on, I'll put on some music. And you know what I find out? Most dancers today can't dance more than 45 seconds at a time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you, hear, did you hear what I just said? Yep. I will put on the record. I'll put on a, I say a record. See, I, it goes to show you what era I'm from. But I'll put on a track or whatever. <laughs> you know, so I'll put on, I'll put on a track, and, and you know, and about 45 seconds into that track, they run out of material. See, because everything they do is based on a little routine or a little skit that they put together. So right. they're not really dancing anymore. They're doing what I, what I call a trick and reward system. If I do these mm-hmm. particular moves, I get this kind of response. When I get this response, right. that tells me I'm dancing. Okay, if you really want to be a dancer, people, you really want to be unique, you really want to be identified for being something different, then you have to ask yourself this first question. You got courage? You got, do you have real courage? And you might think, hey, we talk about, I'm a man, I'm from the streets. Don't tell me. And I, I'm not talking about that kind of courage. I'm talking right. about this courage that I'm about to tell you now. 
Are you willing to go out on the dance floor and everybody on that dance floor laugh at you and tell you you look stupid, that you're a fool, that you're no good and you should quit tomorrow and, and you be a laughing stock and you return the next week and the next week and the next week until you b- make them believe? That's right. Are you willing to do that? Well, I had to do that and all of us had to do that. See, none of these people have to really... You know, these people think, well, you know, we're dealing with racism. You're not dealing with racism. We don't know what real racism is. Absolutely. I grew up in, I grew I up in Chicago, agree. Illinois. I grew up in Chicago, Illinois during the Civil Rights Movement when it was at its height and this country was still in the Vietnam War. And they could get on mm-hmm. TV and whoop my people, whoop them, sick, sick uh, uh, German shepherds on my people, and, and get on TV and call, call my people niggers and whatever else they wanted to without mm-hmm. any reservation. And when we went in, there's a, there's a famous uh, happening that happened. I posted it on Facebook. Where Richard Pryor, we were performing with Richard Pryor at, the, at what was called the Human Rights or Civil Rights Concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And we were being discriminated against by a group of, of uh, uh, gay patrons that night. And Richard mm-hmm. Pryor took offense to that because he saw that they had treated the white ballet dancers very kindly, but they treated us, right. they roughed us up. They even called the cops and things on us and had wanted our costumes removed and all this kind of stuff. But see, these mm-hmm. dancers, they don't have, didn't have to endure that heavy lifting that made it possible right. for you to go out and make your little music videos that you, that you cook up in your garage or your bedroom mm-hmm. or your or the alleyway outside of your house or whatever. Right. So, so we basically gave these kids a culture with a silver, on a silver spoon. Absolutely. I mean, they didn't have to do anything. They nope. didn't have to work for it. So what has happened? We created a lot of spoiled brats who think yep. they can't, that you can't tell them nothing. They don't. They know everything, and they go on these shows and they win. They win season one of some show, season two of another show, and then <laughs> two, six months to three years later, nobody knows who they are. Absolutely, you telling the truth. This, I've done this, man. I, I've walked in my classroom and I've asked people in my classroom of average age, nineteen years old, and I said, "Who's season three of, of America's Best Dance Crew? Who's the winner?" Who's season four winner? The only winner they could think of is Jabberwockies. Yep. When I say Jabberwockies, when I say Jabberwockies, I say, well, who are they? Who are the Jabberwockies? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't know who they are. You know why they don't know? They don't know them because they hidden behind a mask. Who's that mask exactly. number four? Is, is, was that Joey? Who's behind mask yep. number five? I don't know who what is their are. history behind the mask? What 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 have yeah, they done right. prior to? What what is the you know, it's not layered like it was and let me ask you this, and Shava Du is our guest on Next Legacy Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Shava underscore do. Also Shava Dash Do dot com is the website and uh, of course Facebook dot com backslash Shava Do and you know, from to me I always feel like this, especially from everything you said, because to me I stay quiet because I listen, I pay attention. And to me, when when I hear you speak and I hear you speak about the culture, it was a culture that I grew up with. It was what I what I appreciated and related to it to no 
end because it's a lot of stuff that was, you know, on the creative side or just the the birth of, it was it was nice to be a part of and nice to see and you felt it 110%. And, you know, to feel it being abused to a sense and to feel it's not as appreciated as it should and to feel like there is no creative creativity like it should be, I look back and I'm figuring out, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, damn, like where, where did it go wrong? So when you look back, cause your culture helped me out grow into the man I became. And like I said earlier, like family and all that stuff helped pay the way, but it was everything that I saw outside of family that made me appreciate it. So it's like, where, where did, you know, the culture evaporate? Where, where did it go wrong? Well, I, 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 okay. I think I think it's systemic in this in the systemic condition that has our culture in a death grip. Didn't start within the culture. It's a symptom. It's a mm-hmm. symptom of society. You have to pull back away from the culture. The culture is not something separate of society. It's something within the society. Hip hop itself is a culture, but it is not the world. So it is something that's inside of the world. And if you look at the world, there is a, a completely across-the-board disrespect for everything on every level, for life, for, 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 for property, for, for you know, having... You can't, have even, you can't even have a civil discourse anymore. Before someone wants mm-hmm. to jump up and want to whoop your ass, I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> it, it, Very it, true. You know, it'll go from it'll go from having a conversation to I can I can beat you up. Let me tell you something. I'll tell the world this. There was a time in my life where I was a when I was a young gunslinger, and I, again I come from the Cabrini Green Project, and if you wanted to fight, I would accommodate you. Because that's what I did, too. You right. want to go out in the street and, and whoop some head? You can do that. Because I, that was, I, I was part of that life. But I ain't part of that life no more. I don't go out and I don't settle my differences by squaring off with you in the middle of the street and having a fist fight. That's not going to happen. I'm a grandfather, right. and I don't have time for that kind of madness. So if you think, if you, if you want to feel good because you can, because you feel... You could beat me in a fist fight. God bless you. You could beat me in a fist fight. That makes you feel good with yourself. All I'm saying is, I don't, I don't have any fight in me left in the streets to be fighting in the streets. The only right. fight I have left is what I do on the dance floor. All that other hyper-violent stuff, I don't have nothing to do with. So the point is, do we want to focus on what is important, how to get better, what, how to move our careers forward? Then, I'm, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm, I have enough. I have enough fight for that. I have enough fight to help you get where you need to go. And what your career is going to be is going to be much different than my career, but it will be the same. You'll have something to say. We all have stories. We all have a story. But if you still, but right. if everybody's telling the same story, that gets real tired. How many times have you gone to one of these events? You tell me. I've gone to these events, and there is maybe, let's say, uh, on average, just somewhere between four and five hundred people at these events. 
And I'll be doggone if I don't see, you know, circle after circle of hundreds of people with their cell phone taking videos of people dancing in the center, mm-hmm. but nobody else is dancing. That's weird to me. That's like some kind of like weird freak show. You know, like we, we certainly, we certainly, we certainly had circles, but it wasn't the whole damn night. The whole damn night is a circle, right? Really? Exactly. Okay. And then when we did make circles, when we did have a circle, you had to earn it. We weren't just gonna give you a circle. Now you come in and the, the floor is taped with a circle already on it, you know, ready for you to just go out on the circle. You know? And and basically, you had to earn your position. You, you had to earn your position in that you, circle, though. And, and after you watch what they've done after about twenty minutes tops, they start to repeat themselves. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. And no matter what song mm-hmm. it is, they're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. So right. The reason, the reason the Soul Train era worked, the reason the Locking era worked, just like to say, the seventies, the eighties, coming out of even New York and the West Coast, why these these movements were so powerful, was because when we would go out to clubs. Everybody in the clubs were dancing at one time, dancing right. on the stairs, dancing on the on the bar, on the on the tables, dancing everywhere. And so when somebody actually made a circle, it's because you were doing something extraordinary because everybody in the Absolutely. club was also very good. Not yep. only it's just a bunch of looky-loos with, with, with smartphones taking video clips that they're posting on social network and acting like they went out dancing. Nobody, <laughs> no guy, what, what, I'm going to ask this question. Listeners, why don't you dance with girls anymore? What is mm. that? What happened? Mm. Is this boys Where'd dance that with go? boys? What, what is what? Just boys dance with boys, <laughs> girls dance with girls. There's no boy and girl dancing anymore. Right. Okay, there's something. Right. There's something magical happening, brother. This is what I'm trying to share with you. But there's something. And and the listeners, when a when a guy asks a girl to dance and they dance together, some magic happens. Absolutely. But when you go into a a joint and it's just a bunch of guys dance with a bunch of guys, it just it's just narcissistic. It's no. There's no, there's no art in that. It's just, you look at me, look at mm-hmm. me, look at me. Ain't not something. Look at me, look at me. You know, and I'm a star. I'm a star because why? Because you have brand new sneakers on. You know, do you have a job? How much money are you making? Are you paying your own bills? Yeah, if you really have ever, you know, look at most of these people who think they're stars. Let's say, let me look at your resume. Look at the resumes. It sounds like, oh, I won, I won third place winner in locking contest in Dusseldorf, Germany. <laughs> Who gives a damn? Nobody gives right. a damn about that. You know, I mean, I'm talking about nobody gives a damn about it in the in the big game, in the in the long That's game, right. in the long game. When I say, like, if you win, like, today, are we going to care if you won 10 years from now? I don't think so. Because that's, because those are like, those events are like toilet paper. They don't mean nothing. That's it's right. like blowing your nose right. and throwing a, a, a tissue away. But the, but the are you are you renting we, we or rent. owning? Are you renting or yeah, owning? Like, and that doesn't just mean property. That means you know a lot of different things that you do. Are you renting your career? Or are you owning your career? There, there's a whole lot of layers to it all when it comes I'm, to it as well. I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote Maya Angelou, and uh, it might be you know a, 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 not a, a an absolute correct quote, but a 
something along these lines. He says, you know, people may not always remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. That's and right. that's why that's why when I go out and people still embrace me, and I'm sure they embrace other members of, of uh, the breaking films, uh, and 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 including Beat Street and 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 whatnot, these, these real mm-hmm. legends, not 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 the fake ones, but the real ones. It's because right. when we did our thing, we when we did our thing, we made people feel a certain way. We made them feel right. proud of themselves. You know, how many dancers you look at now, you feel proud of yourself. Well, you think, God, you know, I mean, he, he makes me feel he makes me feel something great beyond dancing. He makes me feel proud of myself as a human being, as a person, as a man, as a, as a father. See, that's what hip-hop did in the beginning. It made black and Latino people feel rise above what this world was telling us we were, that we were trash, that we weren't anything. Right. So when we danced, we could show And Shaba, that was all we had. We were something. Exactly. Right and Shaba, that was yeah. all that we had. We that's all we had, Shaba, because when you look at when you look at your era and and you helped a lot of us, you know, like I said earlier, kind of come of age in a sense because your creativity gave us create creativeness to be able to do us and do us in a you know to a point where we were confident about it because we've seen you did it. So that inspired us and that you know that's lacking because I mean and, and Shaba, look at it like this because. I came from that era, that street era as well. Barely had lights on, barely had a place to stay, barely had a TV on. But you know what? At the end of the day, music and this culture was really 24-7, not just in my mind, but I've seen it around. We all broke out the cardboard and did our dances and tried to emulate a lot of different things. And just like a lot of people used to emulate Jordan with, with basketball or whatever. But it, it, it came from that it came from that time where it was just, you know, it meant just so much to us. And now... Everybody has everything, and you mentioned, you know, everybody breaks out their cell phone and take a picture like they're active, but, you know, we, we didn't care about that. We, we definitely didn't. We didn't have it, so we I didn't know. care about it. So it, it meant so much to us to be able to say, hey, this is what we accomplished, and we stayed up to try to get that move. You don't know how many times, Shava, do I, I didn't try to break out that cardboard and try to get certain spin moves right or pick up certain speed. It was practice all day after school, did different things like that. And, you know, and, and I know you guys made a profit back in the day, but I know it was, you know, just from what I felt, it was more the creativeness and what you were able to give us as far as inspiration than anything else. And that that's, that's the thing I said when I um, not just look at your work, but, you know, how you made all of us feel, because I can speak for everybody that's listening right now. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting is that you told me, and I think, and, and very well, how you felt, and I'm sure that many people, young people, felt the same. But let me let me share something with you that you're not aware of, okay? Is that looking at us? Because you know of what course. we felt like. I'm going to tell you what we felt like, and especially I'm going to tell you from the first person what I felt like. When I went mm-hmm. back into my neighborhoods, it didn't matter if I did TV shows or films or any of that stuff. I felt like right. I felt like Robin I felt like Robin Hood or something. I felt like a hero. I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like what I was doing was elevating the consciousness of my people. I really did. You know, like right. I felt like yeah, see I, I I feel like when I went back to my neighborhood go and let me go back a little bit. Whenever I danced, I danced with 
my whole neighborhood behind me, the whole feeling of my neighborhood. So when I went back and, and, I, and I achieved that, I feel like I didn't just achieve it for myself, but I achieved it for my people. I could say, yeah, I'll, come, I'll go back to the neighborhood, and I would tell them, yeah, we showed them. We showed them or something. I, we, we sure showed them that we're, we're more than a piece of shit. Mm. You know, so, mm. and, 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 and so this kind of sense of, like, cultural pride, you know, ethnic pride exuded from all of us, walking up and down Crenshaw Boulevard here in Los Angeles and, and, and with our chest stuck out, not for self, but for us, right. for our people. I really feel like, I feel like Martin Luther King or something. I really did. <laughs> and all of us did. And we were proud of that. Right. You know, to, to say that we were black people and we were making something of ourselves when everybody thought that we were nothing. Now it's given way and, to all this other crap that has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't make and, people and, and better. See, and, and that's why it's important for us to be able to not just have dialogue like this so people can be able be able to, I mean, even though it's accessible, people can be able to pick up history. YouTube is a great little lane for a lot of people who just really don't know. They can type in, you know what I'm saying, anything, street dancing, break dancing, breaking, B Street, all that stuff. And the culture is right there for people to, to, to pay attention to. And the bottom line is people just have to pay attention to it because – I just not just pay attention to it, but appreciate it. And I just think it's going to take a united front to not just withhold this uh, this thing. Because I always look at people are trying to build empires, and I get it. You know, empire is a nice word, and it's it sounds it sounds sexy. But to me, I would rather have a legacy because you know why? Because nobody can take that away. People can empires crumble all day. Legacy, you can't take that away. Who's going to say that? Hey, my legacy is tarnished. Nobody's not going to say that because of what you've accomplished and what you've done. And I feel like, you know, Shaba, you, you've done that. And, you know, and, 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 and I know you've had a, a heavy hand with not just the lockers, but being creative on the sets of both Breaking and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. And, you know, I, I, just, I just feel like a lot of people, you know, to me it's just a historic night because you've just given as much game as I probably thought I would ever have having this dialogue with, with you after being a fan of you for so long. So it's a... It's, it's pretty heavy for a lot of us that appreciates real culture. Well, you know, on 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 a human tip, and I really wanna I really wanna um, impress this upon you right now. I wanna be I'm gonna be real with you, okay? And absolutely, I'm, I'm I want to state this unequivocally. I am so fortunate for things to go my way. And they did. They went my way. It's not to say I didn't work for them. I did work for them. But they also right. had to go my way. But I'll tell you this, man. At the end of the day, I'm no different than the person that scrubs the floor. I really am. We're the same people. I'm not independently wealthy. I don't call my own shots in this world. I'm no different than the guy who scrubs the floor, sweeps the floor, the waitress that works at the restaurant, mm-hmm. the window washer. We provide a service, and we get paid for that service. Thank God I'm able to do a service that I'm able to make a living off of. 
But that doesn't mean I'm any different or any better or any more special than anyone because we're all so special. Right. So some of my some of my talk right now, and I want to be clear with people, I'm not talking because I'm saying that I'm better than you. I'm talking the way mm-hmm. I'm talking because I think you're better than you think you are. Better. You're better than the way you're handling yourself. You're better than that. Don't play yourself cheap. Don't play yourself for the cheap money. Be proud of what you can do. Do your real work. Don't listen to that mm. stuff on social media. Don't listen to those other people. Somebody say they got something bad to say about somebody. Go find out about yourself. Go find about That's find right. out about that for yourself. Don't depend on this other person. Don't follow everybody. Be different. Everybody wearing black T-shirts, you want to wear a red one, wear a red one. You want to wear a blue one, wear a blue one. Don't do it because you need to fit in. You don't need to fit in. You don't need to be, you don't need to fit in to be exceptional. You were exceptional the day you were born. You're making yourself unexceptional. You've been yourself, you're making yourself unexceptional by following the status quo. And stop this whole malarkey about playing politics. There is nothing there, there is no politics in truth, deal in truth, deal in facts, not innuendos, not hearsay, not what you saw somebody else do, not what you heard somebody else say. Find these things out for yourself. Sure. This is the key. This is the key. This is why I'm on this radio show right now. Let me tell you, and I'll be honest, I do lots of these. You know what I mean? I'm just really, mm-hmm. ta- I'm really tired of talking about how great it was I did those movies. That was great. You know, I tell you, I had a ball. It take five minutes <laughs> to tell you that. It paid me well. Like I, you know, I got all the girls I wanted. I did what I wanted to do. Blah, blah, blah. It take five minutes. And what I'm, I'm on this show because I want, I want my people to do better. I want them to do better because they can't do better. They're not doing enough. They're capable of so much more. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, I'm in the last trimester. I'm in the last trimester of my life on this planet. I did my thing. I'm mm-hmm. happy. You know, I'm cool. I don't have to be the number one nobody in, in anybody's world. I did right. my thing. I, you know, I, I stood up against the best of my time. And I and I and I and I can say right now, I won more than I lost. That's right. The, it was a it That's was right. a good day. There you now, go. Now I'm about now I'm about now I'm about shedding this skin, going to wherever I'm supposed to go after this life, and I'm shedding my skin so somebody out there can take pieces of this skin and go do something else and Amen do something better than what I did something more than what I ever did. And here's the thing, man. I really believe this. I believe that these kids out here can dwarf what I've ever done. They're, they're capable of dwarfing anything I've ever done. Anything I've ever done in my life is not so exceptional that no one else can right. do. But it will be if you don't do it. I'll be the, I'll be the last of my kind. I'll die off. I am... I'm, Practically of my generation, last of the true warriors. Right. 
the rest of them are all playing video games. They're not on the real battlefield. <laughs> true that. Very true. Got to unlock that box if you want to be able to at least have a glimpse of what you can, what you are capable of doing. And Shaba Do is our guest on Next Legacy Radio, and you can hit him up on Twitter at Shaba underscore Do. Shaba dash Do dot com is the website, and you can hit him up on Facebook dot com. All you got to do is search Shaba Do. And then, in closing, and before um, let you go, man, I, I just wow. You know what? This is probably like the deepest. And I've had plenty of interviews, plenty of other, you know, guests and things like that. This is the deepest and most, you know, impactful uh, interview that I've ever had in in my radio career of almost nine years. But in life, you know, we've always blazed that same trail as far as inspirational pull. But, you know, I know there's a lot of listeners out there overseas as well as in the States. So I just want to let you know you got a lot of love from 92.3 to beat in Japan. Um, as well as, um, you know, different parts of Germany as well, who uh, who not only is listening in, but, you know, they're they're all celebrating the the historical icon that is you and what you've accomplished. So, you know, we got to make sure we give you some credit, though. You know, again, I'm, I'm so I'm so grateful, and uh, and I, I probably in the dance game, my days are numbered. Um, Specifically in the dance game, not in the entertainment, but in the dance game as as a dancer. Even at my age right now, I can still dance very well. I'm still physically fit to do what I do. But at some point, like Kobe said, at some point you got to say, you know what? <laughs> it's time. To, you know, it's time to move it on. But uh, anyway. But, you know, so I, you know, again, if I if I can close out with anything, it's just again, I just want to reiterate to you kids out there, and you know, dig deep, dig deep, dig deep, and I and I tell you, you have to you have to start developing a strong constitution, a strong personal constitution. Because every day, because you're young right now, you think you're invincible, but at some point you're going to realize how much time you've wasted BSing in the street, mm-hmm. partying your life away with no plan, and, you, and, and it will be too late. You can change today. You can start today. You can get serious about your work. Loving something doesn't mean that you're void of seriousness. Sure. Love is great, but you got to get serious about your work. You know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you, are, you, are you in the gym? Are you doing the necessary things that champions do, that true champions do? Or you're a fly-by-night. You'll be here today, you're gone tomorrow, five, you know, I say five years, but it's less than that. The turnaround is three Absolutely. years at the most. You, most of these That's dancers right. have a shelf life of three years. You hear me, kids? You got three years. After that, you're nothing. They'll put you back mm-hmm. in the street again. You won't be nothing to these people. All these events, they don't mean anything. You should look at events in a healthy way because they have a use. You go to events to sharpen your saw. 
But don't think that when you get to the event that you've made it, you have not arrived. Just like you don't think you have arrived, just because you go to the gym, you go to LA Fitness or Gold's Gym or 24-Hour Fitness, just because you go and work out doesn't mean you're a champion. You just worked out. You get ready for the championship. The championship is one of a long period of time, okay? So I'll see you. I'll I'll see you guys. Hopefully, I'll see you guys at the Pearly Gates. I wish you well. Get rid of all them plastic trophies because they don't mean nothing. All they do is don't clutter up your garages, throw them away. <laughs> they don't mean anything unless you can cash them in right now and make money off them. They don't. They're just luggage. Right. You know, like I, that I, billion I dollars we all money. want. You're you're not you're not going anywhere with it. I mean, when you leave, you're not you're not taking it with you. So you know, what, what are you gonna do with it? Do don't dance. Look, don't don't go out here performing and dancing, looking for a million dollars or looking for money. Go out, be driven by that by the perfection of your work. That's right. The perfection of your work will deliver the money to you. But if you go for the money, you're going for the cheap end of the stick. And I tell you, in the end, you'll lose. You'll lose that game. I guarantee you'll lose that game. So, Amen to that. Get your mind right. Shabadu, get I, your mind right. Absolutely, and I appreciate you okay, hanging out with me, man. This is this is this sure. is uh, this is one of the greatest, man. You are you are definitely a a, a wealth of knowledge and inspiration, and uh, you know we're we're gonna definitely do this again because as many people that's listening right now is just absorbing all that is Shabadu on Next Legacy Radio. Like we we definitely gonna have to make sure we do this again because we definitely want to get these kids right and get this uh, this life cycle right. So, you know, it'll be good when we go. Okay. I love you all. Have a good, have a good time. And I'll see you soon. You do the same. Appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate you. Wow. Wow. This is like the greatest, the greatest, the greatest that, uh, that I've been a part of. Hey, you know what? I've had a bunch of interviews before, but this is solid. So, you know, I appreciate him heavy. So, uh, we're going to play.